Alright, so we're going to be in Romans chapter 1. And we are in verse 18. And we spent last week on the introduction. Um, Paul, a bondservant and apostle, verse 1 says, writing in verse 7 to all who are in Rome. And we got down to verse 16 and 17, which were the keys. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. Which brings us to verse 18. And we're going to talk tonight about uh, something called the wrath of abandonment. And the wrath of abandonment is the principle of the prodigal son. When we wrestle away from God, in order for us to be drawn back to him, he often leaves us alone to go and fall into your uh, pigsty or, or whatever situation you may fall into in other, uh, order for you to turn back. And so in Romans 1, we see the characteristics of a people or a nation that is uh, in the midst of this and we're going to recognize it within our own country I believe so a lot of us have, have gone through this before but we'll talk about it as we go through the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness so in our desire to sometimes apologize for God when people are uncomfortable with the idea of his wrath. The wrath of God is a real thing. And the wrath of God, the Bible says, he that hath the Son has life, he that has not the Son hath not life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Larry mentioned in Sunday school today about the phrase that God hates the sin but loves the sinner that that is not accurate that that there is uh, a hellfire and brimstone uh, he says Jacob have, Jacob have I loved Esau have I hated and so there is the wrath of God well in verse 1 the wrath of God in this particular case is against ungodliness unrighteousness and men who suppress the truth so that is probably uh, all the way throughout history has been Satan's tool. He's the father of all lies. Uh, he had some information when he came to Eve, didn't he? He knew about the tree. He knew enough about the tree that he could say, did God really say? So do you think Satan knew the truth of that tree? Yeah. And he suppressed it, didn't he? He changed it, turned it around. And so I, I wrote a note to myself whenever I read this that if you want to identify what the truth is, so we really want to figure out, and this is something important to me and I, I think important to all of us, that when I first turned to, to Christ, um, the reason for it was I was searching for what the truth was. And I had done some investigation into Scientology. I had done some other things. Uh, my sister had just died. 
and I was told by her boyfriend that, that she was in heaven, and I just wanted the truth, and I had a lot of different people telling me different things. And when I went to God, begging to know what the truth is, um, God, I believe, um, divinely revealed it to me and gave me a gift of faith. So now, if I want to take this verse and look for what the truth is, according to this verse, what's the first clue we have about the truth? And it is that people suppress it. So if you look around the world at what is being suppressed, what teaching is suppressed and what teaching is accepted, then you will be able to discover what the truth is. And the question I simply ask anybody when we get to this part, is the gospel being suppressed around the world? And the best evidence of this is, we, we did this in class last week with something, I think it, well, there were 193 nations, maybe 192, I had somebody Google it in class, but there's 192 countries in the world. And of those 192 countries, many of them have a national religion. Israel, it's a Jewish nation. Iran, Iraq, Muslim nations. China, communist nation. Um, atheist nation. So I asked the kids, are there any nations out of the 192 that claim to be a Christian nation? And they came up with one that has in God we trust on their money, one nation under God in their pledge, and build on the foundation. So they came to the conclusion that if there was one, it would be the United States, a nation that claims to be a nation that is a Christian nation. And yet, it's against the law in our nation for Jesus to be taught in the schools run by our government. So if this is the freest country in the world, we are not free to speak about Jesus. And that tells you that Christianity around the world is completely suppressed. Some nations you will be arrested or worse if you talk about them. So the next question is, is Christianity being suppressed in the United States? And that's a definite yes. Larry mentioned over the holidays that, that there's less and less Christian uh, nativity scenes and crosses and, and Christmas decorations. So that brings us to verse 19. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So what else do we know? We know that God has manifested in them. So who's the them in that verse? That's the unrighteous men who suppress the truth. So one thing we know about those who suppress the truth is they know. They know there's something out there. Um, why do we know? Because we are all created in the image of God. Therefore, Every human being has a connection to the Creator. Which is why you can go to the jungles of Papua New Guinea and find tribes that have been uncivilized and they will have some type of religion. 
some type of thing that they consider God, which brings us to verse 20, which says, For his, since his creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So those that suppress the truth have no excuse. There's no excuse to not trust in God. There's no excuse. It's manifested in them. Creation shows it. And we have the inward evidence of the connection to God, the outward evidence of his creation, and then the visible evidence of those who walk with the Lord. I was talking to Larry about this uh, yesterday, that the, the, all of us probably have people that we know, family members or friends, who are not walking with the Lord. And they have one thing in common. There, there's some instability there. And Liz and I were talking about this with, with our own kids. You know that 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 we as Christians, when we walk in Christ, we have foundation, we have love, joy, peace, and stability. But there's an unstable world out there. Why? Verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. So, step one tonight. A nation or a person who suppresses the truth will be overwhelmed by a darkened heart. And the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And we have seen that to where the we it's it's almost um a mental breakdown to i was saw a, a interaction between two uh transgender uh, uh they they were uh leading the charge to get transgender rights and they were Debating with uh, a man who believed that science proves that trans, tr there is no thing as a trans woman or trans man, and so they were talking, and the the man very calmly said, "Well, you say you are an advocate for trans women." And he says, "Yep, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for trans women," and he said, "Can you define what a trans woman is?" And he said, "No, you can't." There's no way to define it because once you define a gender, you take that person's right away from them to define themselves. And then he kind of arrogantly said, how would you define a woman? And he says, well, the definition is scientific. It's chromosomes. It's X and Y chromosomes. He says, if I had a, a bone that was 100 years old, I could scientifically look at that bone and within hours I'd be able to tell you whether that bone was of the female gender or the male gender. So I define a woman as one who is scientifically a woman. And it wasn't that, so the person responded and said, well, see, you would take everybody's character and, and, and pare it down just to DNA. We refused to do that. And the whole crowd, of course, clapped. And, yay, we don't want to be defined by DNA. And he said, no, you don't have a definition at all. 
what is your definition? Well, no, I'm, and he says, no, you say you, and, and so, but the ramifications of that was a week later, the two people that were debating with him went publicly and said that they are still having nightmares over the bullying tactics of this man against them. And what you see is instability on the one side because their foolish hearts are darkened. And while they want you to prove your faith by science, they can't prove their stand by science. And so this is what we see here. And this, this kind of instability is what happens when God allows us to just live by the foolishness of our own hearts. Which, and it starts with unthankfulness. We're just not thankful to God for what he made us because the biggest problem with, with all of the the transgender th issues is that God makes mistakes. And that's the biggest blasphemous statement that there could be. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Well, what is the biblical definition of a fool? I believe it's Psalm 15 that says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. So you will notice whether it's abortion or all these other things, that God and the, the, the doctrine of salvation through Christ alone is almost completely eliminated in that. So professing themselves to be wise. And so we actually have that word professing become professors. And our professors are, the majority of our professors in the nation today are atheists. They are biblically defined as fools yet they profess themselves to be professors and to be wise. And we have a mistake in which we listen to celebrities. Our kids, they listen to celebrities. You know, 26-year-old singers rather than the, the gospel or the Bible. And they change, verse 23, the glory of an incorruptible God into an image made like man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So we'll take anything to replace God. And we have seen that throughout history with idols and trinkets. And we talked a lot about that this morning. And I, I, I really, um, I hope this morning's message had an impact. I really like that. The, the, just the idea of, of how they made the temple their idol. And I see just doing the same thing. It really was impactful to me because I want to make sure I don't do that. And this is what they did. They changed. And we see this. We see it at Christmas. The glory should be to God, but we give it to Santa Claus. We see it at Thanksgiving. The glory should be to God, but we give it to a bird. And we see it at Easter where the glory should be to God, but we give it to a rabbit. So we take this glory of God, and our nation has followed these exact same um, characteristics. They're foolish, they, pro, they profess to be wise, but they deny God. And anything they can do to take God out of culture, they'll change it to anything. Else on the shelf, Santa, Easter Bunny, whatever it might be. So verse 24 starts with what word? Therefore. Because man suppresses the truth, turns away from God, changes his glory to anything he can replace it with, professes themselves to be wise, are not thankful, don't want God, push him away, push him away. God says, okay, here's what I'm going to do, verse 24. 
God gave them up to uncleanness, to the lusts of their heart, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. So God gives them up to uncleanness. This is the prodigal son theory. So what God does is that's the wrath of abandonment or the punish of abandonment. And the purpose is always to bring a person back. And sometimes it's, you know, we, we do this with our children or grandchildren or, or friends and we just say, you know what, fine, try it. You know, it's, it's like that little kid who, you're late for church but he wants to tie his own shoe. And you finally say, no, let me do it. I want it and they say, fine, try it, go ahead. And after a while they get frustrated, right? And they do what? Daddy, help me. Mommy, help me. And they learn. that, And God does that with us. Turns us over. Who does he turn over? Verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Larry, does the old King James have the lie in singular in verse 25? Changed the truth of God into a lie. Into a lie. And the lie is that there is no God. That's the ultimate lie. Um, but any lie will work, including the lie of evolution, the lie of, of Big Bang, the lie of all religions lead to heaven, the lie, all of those. Man will change anything. Satan, right off the bat, changed the truth of the tree to a lie. And Eve bought into the lie, and sin came. They exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So the next step we see, we've got all the holidays taking God's glory away. And then you're going to see creation become the, the, the center of worship. And in our modern day, uh, it's, it's really interesting how the majority of extreme environmentalists are atheists. It's a really interesting thing. Because we are asked in, in Genesis to have dominion over creation. We are asked to care. That word dominion means care and watch over it. And we're, we're to take care of our planet. There's nothing wrong with not littering and caring for things and... and uh, uh, Years ago, I remember uh, we used to buy little six packs of Pepsis or soda, and they'd have the little plastic things and all the things. And we'd take them off, and I'd throw it away, and Liz would take it out of the trash and say, you can't, and she'd cut them all off and all the things up. And I'd say, why are you doing that? And she said, because if it gets thrown into the ocean, birds' heads get caught in it, and they die. And so Liz is caring for the birds, but this is not an extreme environmentalist, but she cares for the things that we are told to care for. But when you get to the extreme part of it in which, you know, the, the worshiping of the trees and the worshiping of the grass, and, and there's some very extreme things. I won't talk about it because it's disgusting, but if you look online, you can find that, the, that people who are in love with Mother Earth, and it's, it's it, again, the mind goes wild. And we begin to care more. It's like a, I always go back to a bumper sticker, a bumper I saw years ago, and it had a pro-choice bump, uh, bumper sticker here and save the whales bumper sticker over here. And I just thought that was so 
you know, they, they believed that you should have a right to abortion, but we don't have a right to kill whales. And it was just the, 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 this verse sat out. For this reason, verse 26, God gave them up to vile passions. You're going to notice that he gets more extreme. He gives them up to uncleanness and now to vile passions. For even their women exchange the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also men leaving their natural use of a woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. This is very important only because when God is describing these vile passions, homosexuality is a, a, a visible evidence of God's wrath of abandonment. Sodom and Gomorrah was a completely abandoned by God, and they completely went. And, and that story of the angels who came and, and Lot protecting them and the people banging on the door, those are the days we're living in. It, this, this country is just obsessed with, with sex. They want to be identified by sex. Every decision is about sex. And they, they can't get enough. They're never satisfied. And all these verses. But notice what God says about it. The natural use is exchanged for what is against nature. So when everybody, oh, God's, you know, God loves gays and God loves this. God says it's against nature. All right, he says it is committing what is shameful. And he says it's the error which is due. So he calls it an error, shameful, and unnatural. You're not allowed to say that in 2022. But God can say anything he wants. And our view of the subject becomes what God is. But what you'll see is an increase of the homosexual and we and of course that's become it's just become normal normal it's really interesting to me how uh, some people that you know I'm, I've come out as gay and it's been really hard it's not hard to come out now it's harder the other way it's harder to say it's not right which brings us to verse 28 and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge God gave them over to a debased mind so notice that the, it keeps getting worse. God gives them over to an uncleanness in verse 24, to vile passions in verse 26, and now it's debased because they still didn't want to hear it. And it's just a scary time in our nation. It's a scary time for our kids and grandkids uh, because we see the full evidence of debased minds in our in our culture. And if you don't agree with that, which you guys all do, I believe. Uh, as we look at what God says is debased, just ask yourself if we see that. And I will tell you, I, I'm struggling a lot with teaching. And it's tiresome and it's wearisome to me to teach junior hires in 2022. It's not the way it used to be. I, I love teaching junior hires because they had innocent minds that could be pointed towards Christ and I could lay a foundation before they got to high school and came face to face with all of the junk of the world. But guess what? They come into sixth grade already with the junk of the world now because of their phones, because of the things they look at, because parents are too busy to pay attention to them. And they just give them a phone. And we got kids there on 
they, they get there at 7 in the morning, parents drop them off with their phones, and they don't pick them up till 5.30. And school's only 8 till 3, and they're on that phone, tick-tocking, tick-tocking, Twitter, and everything they are, looking at things they ought not to look at. And they come to you as a 12-year-old with questions that only 16-year-olds should be asking questions about and against God. Well, if God's so great, how come this? And God's so... And they just look at you and they shake their head and they roll their eyes because you are... It's just, and it, is, it's, it's, it weighs heavy. It's really hard for me because it's different. And uh, so what is that debased mind? Well, verse 29. They're filled with unrighteousness. And by the way, the end of verse 28 to do those things which are not fitting. And that's the problem. The world says things are fitting. They're not. They are filled with unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning. And that's what that one really got me because they just don't they, they they have no they're like these sheep that are going astray. And and these men, the only reason I talked about these men was cuz they've had nightmares for 7 days just because somebody had a different opinion than them. And and they're tortured by their own you know, anxiety. Everybody is 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 has mental health issues and problems. And it's because they have rejected God, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Spend some time on social media. You see all of that. Which and and the the final kind of cog in the whole thing is verse thirty two who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. That they know rioting and looting is wrong. They know the perversity of their sexual activities. They know pornography is wrong. They know how they treat people, what they say about people is wrong. But they know it's wrong. Not only do they do the same, and this is the final cog, it's where we are, but approve of those who practice. So we get to this point of certain sins 50 years ago would be determined by, uh, by most of society to be wrong, inappropriate, and dangerous. That now we realize is going on and then eventually get to the point of not only do you practice those things in secret, but then all of a sudden society says, you know, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. It should be allowed. And so as you go through this, this chapter, which we've all gone through before, it is a confirmation of scriptures. It confirms the Bible to be true because in... 1970s we changed in our country the meaning of the separation of church and state separation of church and state was to keep the church 
safe from the government. In England, they had the Church of England, and they were told how to worship, who to worship, what to worship. They left England, came to America in order to rekindle their freedom to worship God as the Bible teaches them to. And this country was based and built on that premise of religious freedom, including within our Constitution and Declaration of Independence, the separation of church and state. But they cleverly, Satan, as he always does, twisted it around. Did God really say? And no, and it got turned around to the separation of church and state was God should not be in any government. God should not be in any type of, of, of uh, government, uh, school. And now we've kept God out of, out of the schools. Well, that was in the 70s. And from that time that the truth of God was suppressed from our children, now it's 50 years later, all of Romans 1 has come to play. Every bit of it, haven't we seen it? It's just one by one by one. Professing to be wise, replacing God, vile passions, and then debased minds. This 2022 is the, the, the time of debased minds and the approval of the debased things as being normal and good and appropriate. So what can we do? Well, if we know that Romans 1 is accurate and true, then we also know that Romans 2 and Romans 3 and Romans 4 and Genesis and Revelation are also right. And those books give us great hope. Those books give us great encouragement. And so we leave today looking at this verse and realizing that, you know what, if things weren't like they are today, then the Bible would be inaccurate. So we can look at the world and say, oh, I can really trust God's word. Because exactly what God said would happen is happening. And I have to be the one, and we have to be the ones, that are not allowing the, 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 the gospel to be suppressed. That's what Awana is all about. Training these kids, because that next generation is going to be harder for them. And we've got to give them the truth so much that, you know, for us, we don't deny Christ because it's as real to us as the sun shining. You know, if you were out there in a beautiful day and someone told you there's no sun and you could just point to it, you wouldn't have any trouble debating that person about the sun. And I have no trouble debating somebody about God because I know he's real. And that's the difference in these young kids. Once, once they come to that knowledge of the truth of God, then they'll never shake it. Won't, they won't shake it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We praise you for this book that as we walk through Romans 1 and we see the suppression of the truth, the non-thankfulness, the rejection of God, the worship of creation, the exchanging of, of, the, of the truth for a lie, the uh, homosexuality, the debased mind, the perversion that we see today, it's all listed right here. We are simply in a time when our country is being abandoned and in sections by God and yet where two or more are gathered we as the body of Christ we as the church you promise us you'll never leave us you'll never forsake us so Lord help us to cling to the word in Jesus name we pray amen